You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. And yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Not as good of a week, though, as Bella Thorne. <laughs> Mike, have you heard anything about Miss Thorne recently? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Yahoo.com. So I saw a headline that said she made over like $2 million in a week on... Uh... What is it? OnlyFans or something? Yeah, it's called it's a it's a social media subscription service called OnlyFans. I guess it's kind of like Patreon, sort of, except it's uh, you know you can do video, you can do pictures, stuff like that. You know, like Instagram, like YouTube. It's a kind of a conglomeration of that. But in order to access somebody's feed, you have to pay an amount of money. I think the the person actually decides what they want she's charging people twenty dollars a month to access her feed and a lot of people are using it apparently as like you know to make like sex videos and stuff like that like pornographic type type things and then porno is in graphic yeah exactly But according to Miss Thorne, who my 15-year-old, well, almost 15-year-old daughter, used to enjoy on a show called Shake It Up, I think. Shake It Up Chicago or something like that. Anyway, which it kind of makes me sad that this is, this is where we've gone. But I guess she's 22 years old, and she says she's doing this mostly as research for a movie that she's making with uh, filmmaker Sean Baker, who you might know as the writer and director of The Florida Project and a a very uh, fantastic film called Tangerine that he shot on his iPhone. (laughs) And it it won the audience award at, I think, the the Gotham Film Festival or or, or one of the film festivals. Uh, But it was, you know, it was kind of one of those festival darling movies that he shot on an iPhone, but he's a very talented filmmaker. And I guess they're making some sort of movie about this social media service. And, uh, she, Bella Thorne says she's going to star in it. Baker's going to write and direct it. And she's going to donate this, mo- uh, at least a portion of this money to charity. And then a portion of it, she's going to roll into her production company. But yeah, have, have are, is there anybody, Mike, I'm curious, is there anyone that you would pay, let's say, like $15 a month or whatever. Is there anybody that you would pay to see, you know, additional stuff on OnlyFans? No. I can't think of anyone either. I mean, cause like... It, I mean, Fred Stoller maybe, but besides that... Well, yeah, probably Stoller, but... I mean, like, I, I just... I, so, if there's someone... First of all, if you want to see Bella Thorne naked... Uh, there, there are, there's pictures out there, right? She posted her own nude, like she doxed herself when someone was, uh, was threatening to blackmail or was trying to blackmail her or something with leaked, uh, photos. She took charge of it herself and said, fuck you. I'm not giving you any money, which, you know, I, I respect her for. Um, but it's like, I don't, 
people seem to be so connected to and apparently by the way just uh, in full full disclosure because I, I got some of this from the los angeles times i didn't actually go on to her only fans page uh it says that she hasn't she's posted some stuff like in bikinis and things like that but she hasn't posted anything x-rated on there it says let's see uh numerous bikini photos her eating a hot dog that's that's fantastic, uh, but nothing explicitly graphic. In a poll, however, she did ask her fans what type of content they'd like from her. Tongue teasing, lingerie, booty, shower, just something that says booty, showering and twerking were among the answers. But uh, yes, people seem to, like, they get these close relationships, almost unhealthy in my in my opinion, with some people that they idolize, like... I'm trying to think of a celebrity that I mean, like, like if it, that common question. Trying to be a dick here. Yeah. Like to refresh my memory of uh, who this person is, I looked looked her up, but I I don't know why you would pay any money to to see anything particular from her. No, I know. I, Even I, if it was like full nude, I mean, I, I have no interest in her that yeah. way. Well, I agree. I, I mean, she's not our type, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. And like I said, if if you want to like. Let's say you were super into Selma Hayek, right? We just talked about her for Desperado, my wife and I on uh, on Retro Late Fee over there. Check out Retro Late Fee. Um, but let's say you were Whoa, su- Jess talked about it. I believe you unearthed that conversation. Oh, that's true. 25 years ago, we talked about it. Um, but let's say that you wanted to see, you wanted, you know, that you were super into her, right? You can see her nude. Oh, yeah. She's been nude in movies. It's like if that's what you if that's what you're looking for. I just I don't get how people form these very close connections to celebrities. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because I mean I, I I wouldn't pay to see Norm Macdonalds, and I love Norm Macdonald, but it's like no. What am I gonna like? He's and he's he entertains me when he puts out stuff that you know he's doing to entertain whether it's stand-up comedy or whether it's his podcast or, or you know his his show on netflix or whatever i like watching that stuff but would i want to see him sitting around his house like you know going through uh the the sports book or whatever like <laughs> trying to figure out what he's gonna bet on like not really it doesn't yeah, it's like you're gonna see him driving around or anything yeah no kidding you'll see people drive him to places Oh my goodness! Just like on the set of The People versus Larry Flint, he was one of the people. That's true. Uh, um, uh, do you know who uh, Steve Earle is? Steve Earle, uh, he's a musician. He's also an—I don't know if he's acted on anything beside The Wire, but he's on The Wire. He plays his character Waylon. Okay, who's like a uh, like a recovering drug addict. Mm-hmm. Apparently, his real life son was also a musician, and he unfortunately did pass away the other day uh, from drug. I guess he had had ongoing drug issues. Oh no! Yeah, it's kind of because uh, again, my wife and I are rewatching The Wire, and he's in there. It's kind of like you know, I, I I wouldn't even caught the name if I hadn't been watching it again. I don't think is his son's name or was his son's name Riley? I don't remember. Um, Cause I see trending on Twitter. There's a rest in power Riley and it's, oh, I don't think so. and a lot of the pictures are, looks like some, uh, like, looks like a musician. So I don't know if, uh, the name of his band was, Oh, power trip. Apparently let's see. 
It is with greatest sad, great. It is with the greatest of sadness. Yeah. We must announce that our lead singer and brother Riley Gale passed away last night. Oh, I don't know who that is. So if you if you know Riley Gale or Power Trip, this this goes out to you. But if you don't, like we don't, oh, then oh, the band's called Power Trip. Yeah, the band he was in was called Power Trip. What I just looked that up to figure out who this and and okay okay I see one one article says thirty four the other one says dead at thirty five but oh lying uh, about his age yeah, I don't know don't like that yeah I don't think I've heard of them before Power Trip <laughs> me either it sounds like a band I'd be into though yeah I'm not really sure fucked up code orange to Shea Moore. Oh, thrash metal band. That explains why. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like uh, a sl- it's like a Slayer type thing, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I think thrash is uh, huh, like Nuclear War. I think is his band. That's like that. They're considered. Th- it's it's really weird. Like the whole genres with metal. There, mm-hmm. there's quite a few, and they overlap. So Napalm Death, I think, is a, that's what I meant. They're, they're I think they're considered like a prototypical thrash band. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, Slayer. I, I don't know what I'd say they they are. I mean, they're they're I, they're obviously like a very heavy you know metal band. I, I mean, they have a groove to them. I mean, is that thrash? I, I honestly don't know. What about Anthrax? Yeah, I think Anthrax is thrash. <laughs> or uh, Pantera, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it just basically says it's an extreme subgenre. Known for fast tempo and overall aggression, which doesn't help because it's like every metal band out there. Right? <laughs> they think they they sing songs band. about uh, you know going against conformity. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh my goodness! So rest in peace, both those dudes. Oh, nuclear assault. That's what I was thinking of. Nuclear so yeah, assault. Uh, was that a game on here's, Atari? Here's, I'm not sure. It's saying here, um, Megadeth is considered to be a thrash metal band. Okay, I've heard of them. I've oh, never been huge saying. into metal, so. Yeah, it's saying Slayer Seasons in the Abyss. I don't know if it's just particular albums or what, but yeah, I, I, it's such a wide, you know, widely uh, inclusive label. It could be anything, really. Yeah, as long as Dave Mustaine's part of it, then I'm okay. Right. But speaking of things I like to be a part of, I like to be a part of the IMDb game, Mike, and we're going to play it right now. Uh, this movie. We need some music for this uh, that we can license. Yeah, we should. We should get to wake me up before the parents got game. <laughs> how much do you think? Uh, how much do you think it would cost for the way by fastball? Oh my god! <laughs> Remember that song? Oh. Obviously, I do. Yeah, of course. You, you named them. Uh, let's the, the children came down. Um, <laughs> where did fastball go? You know. Let's see. I'm surprised they weren't a bigger band. They had they had actually like two or three like pretty decent songs I heard off that album. Yeah. Look, there's another one called "Like Out of My Head." I don't know if you heard that one. Mm, I don't think so. And then there's another one called "Fire Escape" off that album. They're pretty good. There's a lot of early 2000s bands that never really, and late 90s, late, late 90s, early 2000s bands that never really went anywhere. Remember, who who did, uh, what's his name, Connison's band open up for? 
They opened what? up for they opened up for somebody. Oh, maybe you weren't around. Maybe you weren't around for that. They they went to Oakland. Like, uh, I don't want to give his full name out, and I just gave his last name. But anyway, his band, uh, I think they were called Changes. They he went to Oakland University, and they played. Uh, that sounds at, like a tampon uh, brand. Right. Changes. <laughs> I believe. I believe it you was. Show someone like dumping like a gallon of blue fluid over it. <laughs> When your body goes through changes, don't let your white underwear go through changes. Jeez. Um, but they they opened up for somebody, one of those one hit wonder bands. It wasn't like Len or Slayer. <laughs> it was a death metal band. They the changes was a Dave Matthews inspired band, so they they played a lot of their original stuff was a lot very Dave Matthews. Yeah, that's that's on a shock. <laughs> I really kind of kind of hate Dave Matthews. Do you the person or the band? Yeah, or both. <laughs> yeah, kinda, and and mostly because I hate their fans. Yeah, you hate most South Africans. Um. Well, probably. Yeah. Uh, but specifically, though, those who uh, who like uh, the Dave Matthews band. All right. But I mostly mean the American douchebags I had to go to school with who were like, "Oh, listen to these drums." <laughs> They're so innovative. Happy sack and go somewhere else. Right. They're so much better than Blink One Eighty Two because their music's complicated. Do you feel that every fan of Dave Matthews Band was in their high school marching band? I feel that they were. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense to me. All right. So, Mike, for this movie, I am. I'm going to give you kind of a. Not a big clue up front, but I'm going to give you somewhat of a clue up front because I am honestly not sure if you've seen this movie or not. This is maybe as far out on a limb as I've gone as to whether or not you've seen a movie or not. But it's one of my favorites, and I believe your wife enjoys it too, but I don't know if you've seen it or not. So with that, I'll get into the, the, uh, the first clue. Uh, okay, so clue number one. You might after this, you might get this on the first clue. <laughs> one of the characters states that he is being blackmailed due to his homosexuality. Welcome. Hmm. Um, Liberty University, the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, lots the of fighting cuckolds. <laughs> That should be their that should be their mascot, right? Their the symbol for their mascot is just a chair next to a bed. <laughs> uh, lots of sexual humor and references and double entendres, much of which can definitely go over a kid's head. Uh, the Goonies, no. Uh, lots of staring at cleavage. Two instances of characters grabbing a female's butt. Huh, um, Billy Madison, maybe? I I have no idea. No. Okay, so, profanity. One character refers to homosexuals often being called fruits. I don't know how that's profane, but bastard is said once, oh my god, used several times. Um, hmm. Adam Stanley Values? No. He doesn't call. Uh, he doesn't call Pugsley a fruit. <laughs> uh, 
alcohol, drugs. I don't know why, but that's one of the funniest like slurs of all time. Fruit. I yeah. Mean, I, is it, can you even be offended by that? Yeah, you shouldn't be. And I think part of it is because fruit is just such a funny word. It really is disconnected from its actual definition as you know the that kind of food. Just the sound it makes. Fruit is just a funny word. It's like it just. It, I don't. I don't understand the origin of that one. Yeah. I don't get it either. That's a compliment. The other ones I get. <laughs> it's a compliment, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I know where I know where faggot comes from because that's a bundle of sticks, right? So gay guys are always laying about. Gay, gay guys are always laying about uh, tangled up together like a bundle of sticks, aren't they? Oh, you, you know the supposed origin of that? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The cigarette yeah, thing, were, like supposedly. No, no, no. That that the the, the but supposedly they were called that because b- bundles of sticks were used to burn them to death. Oh no, I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's what I heard. But then I heard somewhere that that's actually not the actual origin of it. So I honestly don't really know what the true origin of that is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Here, alcohol is spilled on a corpse to make him hit, appear drunk rather than dead. Oh, you know, I think I know what this is just from that clue. I've never seen it, but is it Weekend at Bernie's? No. Oh, okay. Although that's an excellent guess. I believe your wife and I saw Weekend at Bernie's together in the movie theater. I I know she's seen that movie, but I've never seen it. Uh, I didn't have Comedy Central, so I've never seen part two. (laughs) Various characters casually drink alcohol, including cognac and whiskey, and some are occasionally seen smoking unsurprising as the film is set in 1954 is it clue it is clue okay i've i've only seen tiny tiny bits of that movie have you seen uh colleen camp's tiny bits in that movie oh uh, there's nothing tiny about those bits <laughs> when they said uh cleavage is stared at i'm like yeah i, I can see what you're talking about Sometimes it's impossible not to look. Oh, absolutely. And she's in a French maid's uniform the entire movie. Yeah, I've, I've seen parts of that. But yeah, my wife really does like that movie. I, in fact, I pointed out that it was on Amazon Prime for the other day because I know she likes it. Yeah, I have to make my wife watch it. She's never seen it, and I love that movie. I do. Uh, I do. I'm sure you know this fun fact about it as well. That when they originally showed it, well, the reason that the because I know at the very end there's like isn't it two maybe three different endings? It's three different endings, yeah. Yeah, because when they played it at the theater, they actually would do a different ending with different showings. So when people would talk about it, they're actually kind of confused. Like they felt that they didn't see the same movie. They didn't realize there were actually three different endings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the film didn't do well in the theaters, really, but it was an absolute brilliant idea. <laughs> oh my god clue what an innovation and tim curry that's that's when yeah, i tim curry is great that's yeah. when i first like kind of that was the my first exposure to tim curry was that movie and i was like oh my god this guy's awesome yeah oh man i don't know why he was, was i first of all I'm, i don't think he was but i don't know why he wasn't in the harry potter movies Ooh, that's a good question. He should have been. Every he, he, able-bodied he, I mean, English think, actor was in it. Yeah, I mean, couldn't... I, I mean, it wasn't... I, I guess, uh, what's his name? Um, shit. Uh, Hans Gruber? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Alan, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Maybe maybe that would have been the role, because he kind of have like a similar dark personality. Alan Rickman. He could have played another 
like potions professor or something though. <laughs> I was listening to this uh this uh like stand up with a Hannibal Burris. Oh yeah. I think it was I think it was Hannibal Burris, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, it wasn't. It was uh Hannibal Jackson. Non-John- no. No, no, it wasn't Hannibal Jackson. <laughs> it wasn't it Laura's was, uh, real Kamala, life husband. Uh, no, unfortunately. It was Kamal Nanjani. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kumail Nanjiami. Yes. Yep. But he was actually, he was was pretty funny. He goes, yeah, uh, this whole thing at Hogwarts Academy, they don't have, like, they don't teach math. (laughs) They don't teach history. I mean, these kids are coming to the real world. They're like, Hitler? Who's Hitler? Yeah, exactly. That is true. Apparently, at the end of the, the last movie... They they just kind of go off into the real world and they they have families and real like real world jobs and it's like so what's the point of magic and and how are they how are they qualified to do anything right yeah it does make sense I mean unless we're just casting like spells on people the whole fucking time <laughs> like oh I, I'm not attracted to you at all oh yeah oh I finished that TPS report don't worry. Can you can you imagine you got to figure out what like two plus two is, and you have to do a magic spell to figure it out? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just got a calculator. You know, I didn't have to go to magic school for ten years. That's a skit right there, man. I'm telling you. Uh, we could partially steal Kumel Nanjiami's joke and and do that. You know, he was on. I, I don't know if any of you out there are aware of Jake and Amir. The uh, former college humor television, or not television show, but sketch on show on collegehumor.com slash Jake and Amir. But they, and they now uh, own a podcast company called. Oh, the, the one with Jake and Amir. Yeah, exactly. But he was on there like many, many, many years ago. He played Jake. Jake was? No, no. <laughs> Kumel, not Chiami. He played Jake's long lost, like, half brother who was a scam artist. They're from the same village. Apparently, yes. <laughs> There's there are a lot of a lot of celebrities made early appearances on Jake and Amir. It's kind of crazy. Mike, I think you were on Jake and Amir, weren't you? Uh, no. No, oh. I thought you were the rapist on there. Hey, do you think? Uh, say we became Billy. There's a rapist on Jake and Amir. <laughs> no. It was a very special episode. <laughs> um, Amir, what's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Well, there is an episode Come where... On, man. Why do you keep holding your butthole? There is an episode where he does get sexually assaulted. <laughs> we don't see is it... Like a fictional show? Or we what, don't... What is this thing you're talking... We don't see it. Jake just describes it. <laughs> I don't understand what this is. No, it's... Yeah, it's a fictional show. It's a... They're playing... So it's Jake... A, they're video pl- play or something? No, they're playing with video. <laughs> Is it a talking or what? What would you call that? They're they're playing they're playing fictionalized versions of themselves, basically. Oh wow, I can I can't even tell the difference. Yeah, <laughs> few can. I don't think their mothers can tell the difference. Oh my god. Mm. Anyway, so now what were you what were you saying? Did I what? Was I aware of something? I have no idea at this point. All right. You got sidetracked by that sexual assault on Jake and Amir. Yeah, that that, that really threw me off. Oliver Platt was in Jake and Amir. Was in Jake and Amir? Are you sure you want to phrase it that way? 
So Amir played the dumb guy. <laughs> I, this podcast is just going to devolve into me explaining Jake and Amir to you. No, Amir played the dumb guy and he was going to get a new job. And on his special skills, he put uh, playing DVDs. And then he said, in parentheses, just pop it in, plus pray, plus press play, and, Jeez, and, en- the show. and enjoy the ride. And so Oliver Platt, you know, he says, he says all this to him. And he's like, what if it, uh, what if it skips? And Amir says, cry till it's fixed. And so Oliver Platt goes, so under your special skills, uh, you have playing DVDs. Uh, in which you know, unless there's unless they skip, in which case you will be rendered utterly helpless. <laughs> and it's very funny. Oliver Platt is is a funny guy and the hottest one in that that Three Musketeers movie. What you remember? Which one? The one we had that he was in. <laughs> was that the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio one? No, that's the Man in the Iron Mask. It was the. Oh. The Charlie, it was the Charlie Sheen, I think. I think you're talking about Young Guns. No. <laughs> no, it was Three Musketeers. Which in a lot of ways, Young Guns was a, uh, you know, an homage to the Three Musketeers. Of course. I love the Three Musketeers. One of my favorite books. The one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> Like I said, I mean, the Three Musketeers are in that movie, but it's the man in the Iron Mask. You know who plays the bad guy in that Three Musketeers movie, by the way? Strong. Tim Curry. Oh, nice. No, it's, that's what it is. It's Chris O'Donnell, Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, and Charlie Sheen. I feel that this still could be a Young Guns movie, because Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen are definitely in Young Guns. Rebecca De Mornay's in it, too. I'm not sure who that is. Is she the hand that rocks the cradle? That is correct. She is absolutely she, the she, she was the one that rocked the cradle. Correct. <laughs> oh my god. Let's go through Rebecca De Mornay's career. Do you have a movie? Do you have a movie for me? Is it a Rebecca De Mornay movie? In fact, it is not. Risky business. Clue number one a lady <laughs> smokes on a pipe. <laughs> Wait, is that really the first clue? Yes, it is, Mark. A lady smokes on a pipe? Yep. Um, okay. Let's see. Is is this also a clue? It is not. Okay. If so, I probably would have guessed it quicker. If I had the same clues in front of me. <laughs> ah, clues. <laughs> Good work, gumshoe. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I kind of wish I could go on Carmen San Diego now as an adult. Oh, yeah. It'd be so much easy. I'd fucking kick those kids' ass. How about Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man? Is that what it is? No. All right. Brief alcohol drinking. Mm, only brief. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja brief. Turtles 2. No. The Secret no. of the Use. Thank you, but no. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go. <laughs> Some mildly strong language is heard, although not excessively, nor constantly. Which, why would it be constant? Like, <laughs> uh, is it a Rob Zombie movie? No, it's not. <laughs> did you know Did you know there's a sequel to The Devil's Rejects? What? 
Yes. He rejected some more? Yes. Apparently. Wow. I mean, despite of being gunned down at the end of the movie, they're alive. It's like the sequel to uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> or Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we. Uh, this that's a future callback to the episode you'll hear tomorrow. We recorded out of order. Yes. Sorry. Uh, why don't you cry about it? Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, hmm. The whole movie is about the murderous alter ego of a man. <laughs> okay. Is it... Um, is it... Do- Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde? No, it's not, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Eric Stoner, do you listen to our show? We're talking about Dr. Jekyll and Ms. Hyde. Yeah. What is, do you think he's up to these days? I have no idea. He was on, I think he had a blog or something like that where he talked about movies maybe like seven or eight years ago. And I connected with him on Facebook and, and talked to him a little bit. I think he's still living in Kentucky. I don't know. Fair enough. But do you think he's married? That's my question. Does he have children? Uh, probably. I mean, he's he's a decent person, you know. I guess. For Terrible a taste of movies. <laughs> yeah. And he, he can't throw a fucking football off his life depending on it. Right. Um, is it Mr. Br- the uh, Schultz? Go ahead. Is it Mr. Brooks? No, but that's a very good guess. Right. Multiple murders involving a razor blade. Bloody, but not very graphic. I don't know what that means. Bloody, but not graphic? Okay. Um, I think I know what it is because of the razor blade thing. Uh, little old, uh, what's his name? Not, uh, Tim Matheson, but, uh, is it, uh, the dark half? Stephen King's the dark, half. the dark half. Nice. George really Stark. George Stark versus, uh, I can't remember. What is, it's not, it's not Tim Matheson. Is it, is that who it is? It's, it's, I don't think it is. I'm trying to think of the guy's name too, but yeah, when you said Tim Matheson, I knew you were wrong, but I knew you were on the right trail because the guy has a, it's like, I don't know, Tim, it's not Tim Robbins either. I think Tim Matheson is in Animal House. Uh, Timothy Hutton. I think it's, yeah, yeah, Timothy Hutton. Michael Rooker's in that too. He plays Sheriff Pangborn. Yeah, I don't know. Well, isn't uh, Ed Harris Sheriff Panghorn in uh, Needful Things? Correct. That's a rare misfire for uh, Ed Harris. <laughs> yes, it is. That movie's not very good either. That might be the worst movie he's in. They There's there's not a great track record of people making adaptations of Stephen King books into movies. See, I feel that that would be a really good uh, HBO series, uh, Needful Things. Absolutely. It's limited. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's honestly that book is built to be a limited series <laughs> because of just yes. the way it's the way it's structured. It would it would work out incredibly well. Each each episode is a different character, basically, and what they're yeah, buying. Pretty much. I mean, it, you, you could even drag it out for a couple of seasons, but I mean, I wouldn't like I wouldn't make the mistake of adding to uh, the novel like no. the, uh, you know Game of Thrones people. Yeah, or or uh, Castle Rock. With their shitty second season. Right. I have so many complaints. It's so crazy. It's so crazy how like it's it's so crazy how like Game of Thrones like fandom like just like evaporated after like the last season. It was just like 
I, I don't hear anybody ever talk about that show anymore. You know, it's not like, oh man, I want to rewatch that. It's like, yeah, you know, just like, it's like, you know, like you just like getting shit on at the last moment. It just ruins your experience. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that you're having uh, amazing sex with the, with the most beautiful woman that you've ever met in your entire life. And right as you're about to climax, she shits on you. Now, some of you won't find a problem with that. Yeah, Jerry Falwell Jr., we know you listen. And that, you know, that <laughs> that's your thing, whatever, that's fine. Just, do, you think, uh, do you think he made the, uh, the guy climb over a wall before he got to his wife <laughs> in the bed? <laughs> or, or swim over a river? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's extra bad now. Oh, wow. <laughs> that story will never not be hilarious to me, uh, especially because so especially because one side, I mean, I'm not, <clears throat> Mike and I generally don't try to take sides, I think, as far as the, at least officially on the show, <laughs> as far as p- politics go. But you have to admit, one side really seems l- to love using the, the slur cuck a lot, uh, where it's not at all applicable to, by the way. <laughs> Uh, they love to they they found this new swear word and they're just like we're gonna use it all the time now and like rub zombie yeah exactly and you know one side seems to love using it and it's the side that Jerry Falwell Jr. is on so that's all I'm saying all I'm saying is nobody uh, Bill Clinton wasn't sitting in a corner watching Hillary get fucked because <laughs> no one wants to do that <laughs> no one wants to see it no one wants to do it but or that skeleton Nancy Pelosi. There's another one. May, yeah, they should they should do if they if they did a new live action Masters of the Universe, she should play Skeletor, right? <laughs> the perfect casting. I know Frank Langella is probably a little bit too old for it now. The original Skeletor, who said he'd be back and lied to us, never was. Is that the first instance in a movie where they? like very heavily imply they're doing a sequel that that never happens. I'm sure it's not the first one. I'd love to know what the first one is. If you're out there, if anyone listens to this show and you want to tell us right in, if you know, and if you don't know, write in what your guess is, go to massive late fee at gmail.com and give us your guesses or do it on Twitter. I don't care. The Dark Half got six out of ten stars on IMDb. Oh, my God. That's six too many. Speaking of bad movies, uh, what did we watch this week, Mark? Oh, yeah. So we watched Eurovision, the saga of Fire Saga or something like that, the story of Fire Saga. Saga of who gives a shit. Oh, my God. Will Ferrell, stop making movies. Yeah, I I, I tapped out very early. I, I gave it about 20 minutes, and it just... Produce, it was like Sherlock Holmes to me. It just produced no humor. There was nothing funny. No. Um, I, I, I've seen Will Ferrell sing like a thousand times and yell about 2,000 times. Mm-hmm. I really don't need to see it again. Correct. That's pretty much all this movie is. You know, it's funny. I was think as I was watching this movie, I was thinking about Eurovision, which is an actual competition, as many of you may know, in Europe. And I was thinking, is has this fucking thing ever produced anyone that that has made it in music and it did once <laughs> i mean i guess it ABBA? 
It was ABBA in 1974, which is the beginning scene of the movie. Because I was thinking it's weird that they're making it 74, because then basically that means he's like in his 50s. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's near because he's he, you know he's got to be like 10 years old in 74, so he's like in his mid 50s or whatever. You it, don't understand uh, the whole like Will Ferrell pretend to be like 20 either thing. No, and I'm not saying he should have pretended to be 20, but it's weird that you're trying to make it at that age. And also, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks. Is that who it is in this movie? Um, I don't think so. What's her? I can't remember who it is. Rachel McAdams, right? That's who it is. Uh, it might be. Yeah, Rachel. And Rachel McAdams is supposed to be about the same age as him. <laughs> and so she's also like 50, which I don't think she is in real life. But... No. I was thinking, like, why did they set it there? Well, they had to set it there because that's the only the only time it produced anyone that made it big in show business. So it had to be there to uh, to uh, inspire them. Yeah. Rachel McAdams is only a year older than I am. So not 50 yet. Assholes. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think of that? Oh, I'm still young, right? No. Okay. Anyway, um, so there is one joke in this movie that would have worked that they absolutely destroy and it doesn't work at the end of the movie. They are uh, at the, you know, the Eurovision championship, right? And Graham Norton, famous English presenter is... He's hosting it. So throughout the whole movie, Rachel McAdams has this song that she wants to do that she's written herself. Will Ferrell's written all the other songs and they all suck. And if this is a song that actually like means something to her, it's about her love of Will Ferrell. Cause for some reason she's been pining for him for the past 40 years and hasn't done anything about it. I thought that was like his sister or something. They say it might be a sister because, What's his name? Pierce Brosnan fucked everyone in town, apparently. Uh, there. Are, by, by the way, uh, this movie is especially aggressively against us because it is completely... They're Icelandic, and this entire movie basically takes place in Scandinavia. So it, it's... such a shit movie. It's definitely not for us. But they they cover that by saying that her mom is, like, the only person that's never liked him or whatever for some reason. So they're like, you're not related. So they can fuck in the end. Because he raped her. That's what he's just like. (laughs) That would have been a great twist. But anyway, so in the climax of the competition, Will Ferrell comes in and he's like, he sits down at the piano and he starts playing her song. And she's like, no, no, don't. We'll be disqualified. And he goes, I don't care. Let's just play it. Because he's been obsessed with winning this competition since he was like 10 years old. But now he's satisfied just to having a life with her and everything. That's his stupid character arc in this movie. <laughs> and then she sings it. Everyone like, you know, tears up and claps. It's all great. And Graham Norton's like, oh, my God. So, so powerful. So magical. And then he goes, of course, I'll be disqualified for changing their song. But so magical. And that joke would have been funny if they didn't ruin the punchline. Like, two minutes before it happened with her saying it. That's information we don't know because they never say it anywhere else in the the movie. 
That's information we don't know, that them changing the song disqualifies them. So if they performed this thing, she says, no, don't do not do it, but doesn't say why. Just says, no, let's do your song like you, like you play it. And he says, no, you know, it doesn't matter. And they do it. And then Graham Norton delivers that line. He delivered that line like he thought that was going to be a surprise. It would have been funny, and it would have been the only funny line in the movie, but they ruined it. Like, they ruined everything. Elves are real in this movie. I don't understand why this has gotten such... Somebody compared this to a mighty wind. And how dare you, sir? How dare you uh, use Christopher Guest's name in the same same sentence as this trash? This was the least funny thing I've ever seen in my life. This was a comedy black hole. It was devoid of humor. Someone wrote a I, I, someone wrote a funny joke and they put it in this movie and it died. It yeah. kills comedy. Rachel McAdams is usually fantastic and she's okay in this movie, but goddamn is she's not funny. No one wrote any funny lines for her. She's wasted in this film. Will Ferrell, I assume still can be funny at times. I, I haven't seen it in forever, but I'm assuming that he can be, you know, in some situations, it hasn't been that long since Step Brothers or, 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 or Anchorman, but someone's got to write him a good script. Right. Yeah, I, uh, after I turned this off, I watched the uh, the fight scene from Anchorman 2, and that that's just hilarious. I don't know how much he or Adam McKay wrote that, but that's it's just like seems like prototypical like uh, Will Ferrell like you know he had like his he had like a lot of like sketches of like popular characters but he had some really like bizarre sketches too like the centaur thing mm-hmm. like so that's a, he's on this he's on the centaur thing actually I'm sorry that's Chris Parnell um but like the whole thing with like uh, you know I lost your baby and like there's just like mm-hmm. really weird like you know off the rails kind of sketches that he just came up with you know yeah and I think that's really more his like actual sense of humor and like Anchorman two definitely has that perfect tone of humor in it it's hysterical I, I could watch an entire movie of just people showing up to a fight in a, in an anchorman movie there's one scene that i think is a is a like a will ferrell sort of inspired scene and it's they they perform at at their local icelandic competition they lose they get laughed off stage no. And, you know, so they don't get a chance to compete in Eurovision. At least that's what we think. All the participants from Iceland are on a boat. And Will Ferrell's, like, crying and everything. Rachel McGams is like, we were supposed to be on that that boat. And we were supposed to be partying with them. All the famous (laughs) celebrities, all the the musical artists that are worth a damn in, in all of Iceland are on that boat right now. And then it explodes. And someone's arm like lands in front of them. And I think that's, I think Will Ferrell wrote that. That's my guess. Cause Will Ferrell wrote this movie, Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele, which sounds like a, actor. It's, yeah, exactly. It sounds like a pseudonym for uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, you, I can see that. You want to know, you want to know some other things that, uh, that uh, Steele has worked on, Andrew Steele. Let's see. Uh, the Rose Parade, hosted by Cord and Tish, a TV movie. He wrote that. Uh, the Royal Wedding, live with Cord and Tish. 
he act, he wrote that as well. Uh, 2018 wow. Rose Parade, hosted by Corden Tish, also wrote that. Is this like a? I don't understand what this Rose Parade thing is. Is this like a doc, mockumentary I, or something? Or is it like the Rose Bowl Parade for real? I, I don't understand. Floats, bands, horses. This New Year's Day, watch Cord Hosenbeck and Tish Cadigan host the 2018 Rose Parade live. Don't miss their entertaining commentary on a beloved tradition. A prime exclusive yeah. event presented by Funny or Die. So it's the Rose Bowl Parade on Funny or Die. Yeah, and you know who? It's Will Farrell is Cord apparently, and Tish is Molly uh, Shannon. Ringwald. Oh, Molly Shannon from Saturday Night Live. Uh, sure. He he also wrote a hundred nine on hundred ninety episodes of Saturday Night Live from nineteen ninety five to two thousand eight. Okay, so he's an SNL writer, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote, let's see, uh, A Deadly Adoption. <laughs> oh. I don't know what that means. Um, so, some other funnier die things. Uh, he wrote The Ladies' Man, that movie. Yeah, that movie had its moments. Yeah, that movie I was like better than know, this but, movie. Yeah, I mean, that movie could have been better. Maybe the the, stre- the sketch was like just too thin of a premise to stretch out over an entire movie. Yeah. He wrote on the John Stewart show from 1993 to 1995, the MTV one. And then he also wrote one episode of the animated series, Doug. Very good. Yep. Sounds like a fantastic fucking writer that made a really shitty movie. Yeah, it's not good. No offense, but don't watch Eurovision on Netflix. Right. Although, likely you already have if you were going to watch it. And if you weren't going to watch it, then you never would have. So, I doubt we influenced anyone's decisions. Nope. Not even Corden Tish. No. Corden Tish. He's bald, too. Why does Will Ferrell like to be bald so much in sketches? I don't get it. Does he think he looks funny or bald? Probably. He doesn't. He looks like the giant cock he is. I'm just joking. I'm sure sure Will Ferrell is a very nice man in real life. And in some sketches where he's presented to be a nice man. It's true. So that is our episode for the week. Uh, Mikey, anything you want to tell people? No. All right. Well, keep writing us in. Uh, We'll be reading your responses on episode 100. Mike, we've we've got about two months until episode 100. It'll be... Early October, I believe. So we'll have to right. we'll have to figure out what we want to do special for episode one hundred. Maybe like a retrospective cool. of every Keanu Reeves movie or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then we maybe can we could have a we could have a contest uh, where uh, we uh, so a listener can be a guest on the hundredth episode. Oh yeah, we could do that. Sure. Because you know what the great the greatest prize that is if uh, if you're a guest on our show you get a bacon number because we were uh, you know we had Ed Bigley Junior on the show correct so we have a bacon number so you also being on the show you'd have a bacon number outside of starring in a major motion uh, picture or on a TV show how else would you get one exactly that there are no other ways you have there to come really, on this no podcast ways. or be on a TV or a movie or some other podcast that Kevin Bacon has been on no they don't it doesn't count for other podcasts so. Oh, that's true. Only for ours. 
Oh my god! Yeah, how many how many podcasts are we like? What's our Joe Rogan number? <laughs> huh. Um. I don't know. Kevin Maybe Bacon has to be on that. Like everything. You know, Norm Macdonald's talked about our show. Does that give us? Uh... That's that's true too. It, um, Fred Solar has mentioned our show. That's Fred Solar's in a lot of shit. Oh, absolutely. We got a Solar number of one. We are we are like right locked in with the pulse of Hollywood. Fred Stoller and Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Don't forget uh, uh, Larry uh, Hankin. Larry Hankins. Yeah, Larry yeah, Hankin. He was on there too. Larry oh. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh. He, he was also on our show, and he's been in uh, you know everything. Everything, yeah. Hey, think of a TV show. He was on it. Right. Uh, he was, he was, he's also in the, he's in the movie Armed and Dangerous, isn't he? Yes, with, he uh, is. John Candy. Also uh, John Banks, Jonathan Banks, too, I think. Oh, that's right. It's kind of funny. We have a Better Call Saul number. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, John Candy is in that. Uh, Eugene Levy. The great Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. He just won a, uh, he just got a, like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, and, I started, to, I, I want to watch all of that video. I started to watch that video. It was really, it was really nice. Like, he looks mm-hmm. super appreciative and like all these like huge like stars are coming on to thank him. It's, yep. it's really cool, especially like in, you know. The current times when, you know, a lot of people are not leaving the house. It's nice when funny people actually seem to like each other genuinely and not just for cameras. <laughs> yeah, and Eugene, I mean, I don't know if it's because they're Canadians, but like Eugene Levy and like a lot of his like, you know, friends like Martin Short, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those kind of people, the SCTV crowd. I mean, they all seem like really nice people. You know? Yep, absolutely. I mean, uh, Canada is just in the United States. I'm not ashamed to say it. No. No. Not at all. And don't call... Should the Canucks change their name like the Washington Redskins did? Uh, maybe to the Dirty Canucks? Is... <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Canada is so polite that they've let us win the Stanley Cup for like the last 30 years in a row, and they love hockey. Yeah, that's right. That's their favorite thing in the world besides Tim Hortons. And snow machines, which is what they call snowmobiles. Anyway, so that's our episode. We will, uh, I don't know, we'll talk to you next week probably. I hope so. (laughs) See you, bye.